Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, and joined by my coworker, Robert Kowalski, again. How are you doing today, Robert? I'm doing great. So glad to be back again, Ali. Yeah, it was. Um, and before we started this, we were kind of preluding it. But uh, what a weekend last weekend. Um, you were mentioning, yeah, sports books probably wasn't the, their best weekend um, besides the Niners uh, upsetting and covering against the Cowboys. It was all chalk. Um, and we had both you and I discussed uh, we like chalk in the majority of the games, I think. Our only loss was we had the Cardinals upsetting the Rams. And that was just a game that as a better, when you're way off like that, it's just a write-off. <laughs> like I'd rather lose like that than have a bad beat. Um, this way I don't have to worry all game. But uh, yeah, why don't you give us a recap uh, how the sports books did last week and everything. Yeah, you know, with the, exactly how you mentioned with the Arizona Cardinals, you have uh, it's really – I don't know. I mean, just look at it again. I, I still think I would make the same decision. I don't know what happened to Kyler Murray. I, I think that the offense just is so different without DeAndre Hopkins. I, their offense between the 20s looked fine, I guess, if, if I'm trying to find a silver lining there. Uh, you know, but then they just stalled really badly, including missed field goals. Just uh, their their all line was just getting obliterated. And then I, to me, it just looked like it led to Murray making some really hurried throws, no time for a plan B. And by the way, their roster is really thin. Uh, and, and I don't yeah, think they're going to improve at all next season, you know, unless they get far, far deeper. Yeah, I agree with you. For me, it was like watching the game. I thought I was watching the JV squad. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was just like, okay, like I understand you come out, there's a little nerves. But even on, you know, defense, it was just they let Cam Akers and Sony Michelle just run the ball and run the ball. Um, and then, you know, you, you like Odell had a huge game. It was just an all around like I was like, do, did they know they have a game tonight? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. And I said going into the game, um, not on this podcast, but when I talked to my friends, I said DeAndre Hopkins is the X factor in that team. However, I thought that they would show up and at least make it close if they weren't going to upset. But looking at that team, it was like that team did not deserve to be in the playoffs. And I wanted to bring up to you, too, before we you know, move on, you know, after this weekend, I know a lot of people had thoughts about, you know, there were teams like the Steelers and the Eagles that just didn't belong in the playoffs and if we went back to the old school wild card, you know, neither of those teams make the playoffs when you have a two team format. So what's your take? Do you still like, you know, going with, um, you know, the, the one team gets the buy and then three games each per, per conference or what's your take on the wild card? Yeah. You know, I, I think the jury's still out for me. I, one season, let's, let's let it go. To me, I think what was really the one concern was that, you know, what we looked at is if, you just took, you know, if you faded the quarterbacks making their playoff debut, you know, against a quarterback with any kind of playoff experience, you're pretty much locked in. Uh, if you go back, I think I pulled this all the way back like to like forever, uh, 2004, 17, 39 and one against the spread. Uh, and then here we are. Let's just add some more. Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray all went 0 and 3 against the spread. Actually, they all lost, so there's that as well. 
I, I think that you know rewarding your um, your number one seed with the buy. I, I do like that. It does definitely adds a little bit more um, a of a reward to the regular season. But boy, oh boy, did those uh, those seven seeds did they really stink it up? Yeah, and you know what? I'm old school. I'm one that I'm like less teams in the playoffs the better for me because I value uh, the I value the product over the quantity of the product. Um, and to me, it's just, you know, when you're just having blowouts and you look at like the Tampa Bay Philly game where Tristan Wirfs gets hurt and that's one of their top linemen. And he sounds like he's going to play this weekend, but it's like, you know, do you sacrifice some of your best players playing these in a sense, in, a, in essence, meaningless games? So for me, I'm old school. I'd go back to just the format that it was before the expansion. But we know the NFL, we know that they like their money and, you know, people are going to watch the game anyway. I watched the entire blowout of the Patriots and the Bills, same thing with the Bucks and the Eagles. I did manage to turn off the, the Chiefs and the Steelers just because that game was just as out of control and I was just fed up with watching out of control games. Um, and same thing, I ended up shutting off the end of the Rams and Cardinals game just because I was just embarrassed for the Cardinals. So um, I'm looking I'm forward out. to this weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to, for me, all four matchups are compelling. Um, you know, looking at the spreads and everything, they're really, besides, you know, the Niners and the Packers, they're really tight spreads. Um, so you, did anything jump out at you when the lines were first released on Monday? No, no. Uh, what I, I had to think about how much credence, uh, the value of the bye week, you know, as we're, we're talking about that, those, those first round uh, games that were played, you know, Tennessee had the bye, Green Bay had the bye. So the question was going to be, uh, what's the value of that bye week? Um, and we could definitely take a look and see, you know, I, I think a lot more probably plays into how injured uh, everyone else's and that kind of baked into the number. So uh, Tennessee opening up three and a half. That was, I felt that that was a right number. And that's been sitting there pretty much since we opened it on Monday. Green Bay was a little odd. We opened it four and a half. Uh, I just simply, again, uh, I'm, I'm dealing to an awful lot of Bay area. And right. so I knew San Francisco money was going to come. Uh, it's still there. The ticket counts almost equal on, on the 49ers and the Packers, uh, but four and a half, you know, five, five and a half. It's kind of the same dead number. We did go to six for a quick hot minute. Uh, but if you took a look at the uh, correlated money line, uh, there was still some pressure being put back on the 49ers. So we've settled right back down to five and a half and Honestly, this is going to probably play more into, uh, you know, the impact of the injuries and who's going to be out there when they kick off. Uh, you know, so but right now, I think that that number is going to probably stay and stay solid. Uh, Rams, Bucks, uh, we opened Tampa Bay three. That was solid, but now I'm starting to get some Rams money. So don't be surprised if that goes down to two and a half. Uh, and then the Bills and the Chiefs, the Chiefs opened two and a half. Uh, and now we're starting to see uh, more and more of who's going to probably participate 
And so two and a half became two, uh, and it's becoming one and a half uh, pretty much everywhere. So if you're waiting around for that three, uh, sorry, Bills fans, it's not coming. <laughs> yeah, and that let's start with that game, actually, because that was a game. Um, Bills have been my AFC pick since the beginning of the playoffs, and actually the preseason, too, to make it to the um, to the Super Bowl, so I'm sticking with my gut. But when that line opened, um, it was I was expecting two or three, like, like the points, because the Bills did beat the Chiefs earlier in the year. You got to factor in the Chiefs do have home field advantage. But I'm actually more surprised how much money is coming in on the Bills. I thought more people would side with the Chiefs. You know, they've been to back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, so has it surprised you, too, the number coming in on the Bills? I thought that we would see uh, far more. I mean, because everything is kind of, you know, recency bias, even though we're just talking about a 24 hour turnaround between the two games. Uh, But they remember the Chiefs. They remember uh, of of the blowout and they're like, okay, so they're the better team, despite, you know, you know, Buffalo doing, you know, pretty much anything they wanted as well. Uh, I think the, the big concerns here is now, uh, more on some fresh news coming out of Kansas City. Uh, linebacker Willie Gay Jr., mm-hmm. uh, he's questionable now. I'm not sure if he's going to hit the playing field, uh, if he's injured or not. Uh, Dow Williams, uh, Edwards Hilaire, they're both questionable. Uh, we know about Hilaire. That was, you know, that, right. that's a little bit old news. But uh, Dow Williams now, the question is going to be on if he could even step on his toe, uh, if that's going to be uh, a problem for him getting any kind of push off of his foot. Uh, so that's kind of where, you know, look, you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs have you know, proven time and time again, year after year, that really doesn't matter who's lining up yeah. <laughs> behind, behind uh, Patrick Mahomes, that they're going to they're gonna put up their 25 to 35 points a game. Uh, I just think that more is being uh, played on, just how good the season, you know, the Buffalo Bills had. And I think that that's probably why we're not going to see that three anymore. So, uh, you know, I, I think that what we're looking at now, Allie, is, you know, if you look at the one-sided win over Pittsburgh on Sunday, you know, obviously it's, it's a lot shinier, uh, you know, than the Bills 47 to 17 smashing of New England on Saturday night. So I think that's actually probably why it opened the way it did. Right. But now now it's normalized. Yeah. And and one thing for me in talking with some of my friends and everything during the week, a lot, most of them I'd say are siding with the Chiefs. I'm sticking to the Bills. I like the Bills to win outright. Um, Obviously, I'll take them to cover as well. But for me and what you've seen the past years with uh, this Chiefs team, though, is you usually have a dome team or a warm weather team coming into Arrowhead. And that usually gives the Chiefs the number one advantage because you're playing in that cold, you know, January weather, chance of snow. We've seen we've seen Indy struggle in the playoffs against them in recent years. Um, I think Houston, I remember. But the Bills, and if anyone watched that game on Saturday night, uh, at least part of it before it just became out of hand, the Bills are used to this exact weather. So there, it, no team really has the advantage weather-wise in this game. And I think that actually goes against the Chiefs. I think that the Bills had a game plan the first time they faced them earlier this year, and they executed it great. 
And if you remember, that was a rainy Sunday night game. Um, so I think if you're just going to compare the talent of two teams, as good as Pat Mahomes is, you know, Josh Allen's not too far away, in my opinion. Receiving wise, Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill, you know, it's hard to pick one or the other. Um, we saw not putting Dawson Knox on the same level as Travis Kelsey in the tight end department, but Knox had an incredible game against the Patriots on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, he's had quietly a really solid year. So when I look at this offense as a whole, and I think the thing that separates me, and you mentioned it a little bit with Edwards Hilaire being injured and maybe Williams, we've seen in recent weeks, the bills behind, uh, Singletary really stepping up in the run game. And I think that can be the one edge that the bills have that pushes them past the chiefs. Definitely a fair point. Uh, I'm actually as, as torn as I've been in many, many, many weeks on how this game's going to edge out. I, I definitely wasn't, you know, too, well, let's just say that when I, when I put out Kansas city, as a three-point favorite early, mm-hmm. I was I was thinking more of how to book the game without getting into too many details of of how you know I baked into the number. I, I definitely could see you know Kansas City winning this game. I mean they are what they, I think is they're nine and one in the last ten. They've you know really started to roll off. Right. You know it doesn't matter who they're playing. They've just been able to just win, and then that's basically what it's come down to. So. I, I feel that, you know, the home is going to probably play into it. Now we definitely know what happened the last time they played. This was an arrowhead. And, uh, you know, I just think that it's a little bit of a different look. Uh, so it, in the end, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just pass on this one. I think the numbers, <laughs> the numbers really, really good. Uh, and I, I can see, you know, the result going either way, but I do, I will say this, this one's going to be close. I don't, I don't see anyone pulling away from anyone else here. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be close. Um, what do you think about the total? So the total opened up high and it's starting to dip down and I don't really see a reason why uh, it, it, you know, both offenses will, you know, then I don't see any problem for any of the offenses offenses clicking here. Yeah. So if you look at, you know, like I said, if I feel, you know, both teams could probably come in around 27 to you know, 29 points each. You know, that should get you, you know, that should get you pretty close to the number. 54 and a half is what we opened it at. It's down to 53 and a half right now, but I, I don't think that there's going to be much resistance to that number as we get closer to game time. Uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the guests will be coming back in and they'll be betting the favorite to the overs the way I, we always kind of see it. Yeah. And I like the over too. When I, when I first saw the total, I wasn't phased by it. Um, I think both teams are going to get well into the high, high twenties, low thirties points scored. I mean, both do have good defenses, the bills, especially, but like you said, it's going to have to be a shootout at the end. It's going to be a close game. And I see the total going over. I see both of these teams. They're both experienced in the playoffs they're both going to come out firing on all cylinders. So I definitely betting wise, I would advocate for the over. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, I like the bills to win outright. I like the upset. Um, but I, like you said, I could totally too see the chiefs. It's one of those flip of a coins where I don't think 
whichever side you bet on, you're necessarily making a bad choice. I think that you can make cases for both sides. You know, we saw last year, these two teams met in the AFC championship game. So if you want to give the bills to the edge factor that they want, you know, their revenge in the playoffs, even though they had that earlier in the year, you can give them that you can give the chiefs, the home um, field advantage. So I think this is going to be one of the better games of the weekend. This is uh, it's the finale, I believe on Sunday night. So I'm really excited for it. All right, Ali. So for, for all of our listeners out there, what kind of a ticket are you holding in your pocket for that game over the total Buffalo bills? What's it going to be? So I, for, from a betting standpoint, I would be safe. And it, when my money is involved, I'm taking the over just so I can let the team score, let, you know, not necessarily, you know, have it come down to a field goal where if I take the two points with the bills, I lose it. If I take the two points with the chiefs, I lose it. So for me, I'm going with the over all the way. How about yourself? Uh, over it is for you. For me, uh, like I said, I, I think I'm probably more comfortable looking at over the total. Um, mm-hmm. And now that I'm looking actually a little bit deeper, we know we just kind of dug into it, but uh, since the first half total went from a solid 27 over uh, to a 26 and a half, um, I think going over that number in the first half is even more appealing to me than for the game. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen time and time again, too, before we move on to the next game with the Chiefs, like they've fallen behind. If they fall behind, they'll come back. So, you know, I don't want people to be deterred if at halftime the game isn't as high of a scoring game as we expect it to be. I think I remember, what was it, two years ago? I think the Chiefs were down by like four touchdowns against the Texans. Yes, it was. Yeah, and then it was almost the same thing against the Titans, and then they they just, you know, roared back and scored. So, And then we even saw it this past weekend. I I don't think they scored the whole first quarter, and the Steelers actually took a 7-0 lead on a pick six. So, you know, it might be a low-scoring first quarter and everything, but once these two teams get started, I don't think you're going to see a lot of punts. I think you're going to see a ton of scoring. And the safe bet for me is to take the over. Um, but, you know, pick wise, I'm going with the Bills with the upset. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's go back to Saturday. Um, and since we're still talking AFC, let's uh, center on the Bengals and the Titans. I've loved the Bengals since the beginning of the year. Um, I was a big Joe Burrow fan in college. I loved him at, at LSU. I loved his chemistry with Jamar Chase. So when, the Bengals did draft chase. I was like, Oh, this is going to be a duo that you're going to see for the next decade. And I've been rooting for them quietly all year. They're kind of my team since the, uh, the giants did not do me any favors this year. So for me, you know, I'm not letting my bias creep in because I never do that betting wise. Cause I've been burnt in the past. But um, whether or not the Bengals can pull off, pull it off against the Titans, I, I like the three and a half points right now that I'm getting. And the key thing is the half point, because I think it could definitely come down to a field goal game. And whenever I see that half point there, that's going to give me that three and a half point edge. That's what I'm leaning toward. Is Ali, is, is Tennessee the worst number one seed ever? Absolutely. That was my next point. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I, look, they're, 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 they're aware they're at, and it's going to be a pretty interesting call back towards the end of the show if we get to it. But I think that, you know, they did what they did without a lot of their key players. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them are back for this game. I don't know just how many snaps Derrick Henry is actually going to get, much less carries. But what I do know is, you know, Burrow, he's kind of, well, no, not kind of. He's played one road game since Thanksgiving. Right. And that's, that's got to be a pretty comforting thing. Uh, you know, now, now you'll be on the road. You know, they did put up the 26 points against the Raiders. You know, that, that was kind of on, on call for what I expected them to do. You know, they forget about that score that came on the controversial call where the officials right. blew the whistle and all that. Yeah. Whatever. It happened. Um, what I'm concerned about for the Bengals is that, you know, there's going to be bodies missing on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure if, you know, Uncle Joby and, and Daniels, if they'll be, I, I really don't think that they're going to be back. And if they are, I don't see them playing every snap. Trey Hendrickson, you know, concussions. I don't, I don't think he's going to be playing. So <clears throat> all of this kind of sets the table for Tennessee's preferred playbook. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be very well rested, obviously. Uh, they're averaging Tennessee's defense is allowing only 22 points or less in its last seven of last nine. Uh, and, and so I just think that, you know, the method is there for, for the Titans to, you know, chip away, chew up a plenty of clock, um, you know, and park Joe Burrow and, and, you know, him and his company on the sidelines. So the three and a half, yeah, that half point sure is, you know, quite the buzzsaw. Um, but, I, I got to think that this is probably going to be my play of the week. Um, I, I do like Tennessee and I, and I'm not really too concerned too much about that half point. And so that's the one game that I said, well, if this game opens three, it's definitely wrong. Um, and can I see it going to four? Yes, I can. Yeah, that's an interesting take. Um, and I'm glad we have this repertoire where we could both uh, uh, disagree but agree to disagree <laughs> on this. Um, I don't know. I agree with you though, that yes, Tennessee is probably the worst number one seed. Like I can think of in recent years. Um, you know, I know there's big talk about Derek Henry coming back and, you know, there, the Tennessee Titans are obviously a far better team with him in the lineup. Um, even though Deonta Foreman and Hillier did a good job filling in for them. But, you know, let me ask you this, Robert, with two minutes left in the game, do you trust the ball more in Joe Burrow's hand or Ryan Tannehill's hand? Oh man, Tannehill's had like, is like for, like for Tannehill, let's just, you know, put, you know, Tannehill on, on his own barometer. This was like his worst regular season, like ever. I don't know. I don't know if how, how much of it had to do with his, his lack of targets but the game plan was what it was going to be, you know, run the ball, you know, play action and, and, you know, control the clock as much as you can. No, no, I'll give me Burrow. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the key factors for me. Cause we talked about it last week and Burrow just plays with ice in his veins. He's just unfazed. He's just ready to smoke that cigar in the locker room at the end of the game. 
And just for me, I think that, you know, if you pass, if you're forced to put the ball in Tannehill's hand, if Derrick Henry comes back and he tweaks something else in his legs, whether it's his ankle, his knee or something, or he just comes back and he's just not ready. I mean, this guy hasn't played since October, even though he's super talented, arguably the best running back in the league. If you're forced to rely on Ryan Tannehill to win you that game, I just, I can't back that. I, I personally can't back that. This isn't, you know, the Titans playing Big Ben and the Steelers. This, this is, you know, a Bengals squad that has been underrated all year. So for me, that's a big factor in my betting. And, you know, with the three and a half, I'm going to side with the better quarterback. And for me, it's 100% Burrow. Wow. All right. Let's play ball. So yeah, no, first I think time we're going to go ahead and split our ways here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, it's another game where I just, I, you know, me, I like my underdogs and I only got one of my underdogs co- covering last week. So this could be the weekend of the underdog. So you, you know, me, I got the bills so far and I got the Bengals. Um, I like them both actually to win outright. Uh, but especially in the Bengals game, I'm not going to do the money line. I will side with the points just to be safe and hopefully, you know, have a good game. So now let's move on to our CEO's favorite game of the week with the Packers and the Niners. Um, so for me, when, when I looked at the spread with the opening lines and everything, I know a few people that I talked to thought that, you know, the, the spread was too high. I thought it was right on. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I see. So you know, calling back, I, I opened it four and a half, just simply knowing that I get, you know, an, an awful lot of, of Niners influence in the, um, in the amount of bets that I'd be taking here. And of course, you know, recency bias, right. They, you know, they saw the way they knocked off the Cowboys Sunday night. So Nonetheless, you know, I think that with the way it's moved from four and a half to five, five and a half, and for, you know, a quick hot minute to six, I I just think that, you know, it was a lot of dead number, just moving it back and forth. Look, we can, you know, wax on about, you know, who's going to be healthy for this one. And that's kind of basically been it, you know, for, for me, it's how do you get to the Super Bowl and, and, you know, how many pieces are still stuck to you and or, you know, how many cogs are still flying off of the, off of the truck. I think that the health of Bosa, Warner, uh, you know, what, what kind of condition is Garoppolo going to be in? It's, it, that's going to play an awful lot into it. I, I think that if, if you're looking to back Green Bay, you probably could go ahead and, and you know, do it as long as you don't bet that six, you know, you're, that's what you're trying to avoid. And then obviously, you know, in the meantime, you know, that's really what we're looking at for me. You know, I don't think that green Bay for, for the, the amount of bets that we've been taking on them all throughout the regular season, I don't think that they've been bought into at all from a betting perspective. Yeah. I, I, I have to feel that I, I would make green Bay actually, a three-point favorite on a neutral field, uh, you know, teams that, you know, live in warm weather climates and, you know, then play in cold weather, that's already baked into the number, you know, now you add the buy, um, you know, so to me, you know, of course, so 
a route is actually very possible here by the Packers. You know, the vacuum is, you know, Jimmy G, is he 100%? Bo says he 100%. Warner, are you 100%? Packers are really, you know, two and a half weeks of rest. They routed Minnesota in week 17. They rested in week 18, you know, at Detroit, you know, with the number one seed already locked up. And, you know, and then the Niners have the quick turnaround, you know, to the Saturday game off of a Sunday. So in the end, I, I still think that, you know, the number is good. Uh, and I, I have a feeling that, you know, that five and a half to six is going to stick around. So that's pretty much where, you know, we went from the opener to where we are today. And I'm just watching Twitter to see what kind of injury updates I can get. Yeah. And for me, this is a game where, you know, like when I looked at it, I'm willing to bet the minus six with the Packers because like you, I can totally see a route. I can see kind of the Niners momentum fading after, you know, their win against the Rams and then the Cowboys and we don't have to get into the poor time management skills. The Cowboys had at the end of the game (laughs) Um, or the fact that they committed, I think a penalty on just about every single play I could imagine so for me, I, there's, a fair, there's a few rules I have in betting. And one of my favorite bets is I love betting against, te- against teams playing on a short week. So San Fran does have one less day of rest than normal because they played Sunday. Now they got to play Saturday night. And you have a West Coast team having to travel not so far east in the Niners concern. I'll touch more about that when we talk about the Rams and the Bucks. But that's a lot of traveling, you think, that the Niners have had to do. You know, they had to go to Tech, to Dallas. They probably flew back to San Fran. Now they got to fly to Green Bay. And let's look at the weather. Last I checked, and I could be wrong because I haven't checked since yesterday, but we're looking at low 20s, you know, chance of snow. And we were t- we mentioned the weather factor in the Chiefs game, but for me, it's just – every advantage points to green Bay. And then also you, like you mentioned, Boza and Warner, they're questionable with their injuries. You know, we don't know about Garoppolo between his thumb and then supposedly he hurt his shoulder, but you know, Kyle Shanahan disagrees that affected his performance in the second half. That was the latest thing this morning. I just, for me, there is nothing. I don't think you could say to me that would convince me to bet the Niners spread even, um, the total more I look at 47 currently, I think it sits at. And I like the under on that because especially if it's going to be a snowy game, I think you're going to see a lot of running the ball. And you already see that with San Francisco anyway, to stretch out the game. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a Packers route. Like I, I don't think it's close. I think that Aaron Rodgers has played with an edge all year. And yeah, this is one of the the seasons you were mentioning where, I haven't seen betters as high on Green Bay as I have in the past seasons. And Green Bay covered many, many games yes, this year. I don't know. Yeah. yeah so, they were covering machine all year. Yeah. And, you know, I had friends that would have always bet Green Bay. And this year it was like, I don't know if people just didn't like Aaron Rodgers or with the whole vaccine status or, or were just rooting against them or what, but I thought that the Packers were getting disrespected all year. And this is one game out of the four that I could see, you know, the Packers winning comfortably. Allie, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) We're going against each other again. 
you know what? I just, uh, I, I have a feeling that here, look, first off, if Jimmy Garoppolo's out, you know, when, when the game goes live on TV, mm-hmm. I mean, San Francisco is going to lose by so many points. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, but if, if he's in, you know, which at this point I'm, I'm confident that he's going to play. I, I think that it's just the six, right? Let's just, let's just concentrate on the yeah. six. If, if that theoretical six is out there and, and it's game time, I, I would, I'd like that number, you know, much like that Dallas game was a great matchup for the San Francisco offense, you know, Green Bay is two. And I think that San Francisco has just enough on the ground to keep up. Mm-hmm. I didn't say win. Just right. to keep up. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. And my one friend who's, you know, a Niners fan did bring up a point that the Niners have seen have Green Bay's number the past few years. You know, we look at that championship right. game two years ago where, you know, I think what Jimmy G threw seven passes and San Francisco still won by multiple touchdowns. Yes, yes. Um, but that's, again, like, you know, the edge factor that I got. I, I really think that Aaron Rodgers has let that – games too and and when Rodgers comes out and plays up to his you know MVP caliber level that's just he hooks up with Devontae Adams he seemed to develop really good chemistry with Alan Lazard late in the season um I just really I I can see a backdoor cover don't get me wrong and that's why the six is kind of it's a high dangerous number that you're going to play with um that's why i lean the under with the total if i'm gonna make any recommendations but personally i just see green bay winning comfortably i it's just i know i'm not trying to suck up to our ceo who's <laughs> 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 probably in that same mindset um but i think yeah i i think green bay is the play okay so yeah okay wow i think this is the first time we've disagreed on multiple games <laughs> yes it is but it's good it's good it shows um you know it's sh- i i like it because one thing you hate with betting well at least i like it when i see like 70 percent of the public siding with one side i automatically go to the other side but um i like it when it's split down the middle because it really you know there's a lot of analytics that go into it there's a lot of dissecting of games and you know from a better standpoint at the end you just there's sometimes you just have to draw your gut like you, you can't overanalyze it you can't you know you could squeeze any number any trend but at the end of the day sometimes your gut's your best uh your best forecast so that's, that's a very good tip i completely agree with you ali you yeah know, handicap it yourself your gut's a very very good indicator of, of you know how you want to handicap the game don't veer away from it yeah because you know and you probably know better than anyone you literally can make a trend in any team's favor on any given day of the week <laughs> I, I hear it every day at the counter <laughs> oh yeah you know they're five and one in this scenario <laughs> this guy plays and it's like okay well you know the the team doesn't know that they're still going to come out and play so yes. all right let's uh let's move on to our last game of the weekend uh rams and bucks um you know we saw i think the rams are going to be a hot bet this week because a a lot of people i know love betting against tom brady and b it's the last game we saw on monday night and in at least where the public's concerned mm-hmm. 
that that last impression etches in on the public and i i think that the public's going to be pounding the rams um i'll i'll ask you for your insight in a second of what you've seen betting wise of the tickets coming in but this is a game where you know especially if the public's going to be on the rams i'm going the opposite direction yeah i know you you nailed it you nailed it ali um right now about 65 percent of all of our tickets are on the rams mm. uh, on the points and uh 70 of them are on the money line on the rams so they're just oh, thinking, wow. they're just gonna walk into tampa and just come out with a win um i got a feeling that you know you look at the total now uh which by the way so the side where we opened at three it's been a solid three but now with with more and more rams wagers coming in that three is going to be uh, weighed a little heavily so it's you want to grab the three it's going to be laying 120 you'll probably find that in mm. most places there is a two and a half out there already uh, oh, so wow. you could definitely see the number being pushed down you know the total opened as low as 48 points you know, while the Rams were rolling over Arizona on Monday night, uh, you know, and then eventually, you know, with that 34 to 11 final, you know, it pushed the number up in an extra half point to about 48 and a half. I did see it as high as 49, uh, you know, but, you know, at this point, you know, I, I'm actually already seeing a 47 and a half. Why? The defense, right? I think the Rams defense is, is coming off of one of its best days of the entire season. Mm -hmm. you know, holding Arizona to, you know, under 200 yards, you know, they had the two sacks, the two interceptions, they were pretty much deciding whatever they wanted to do each play. And, uh, you know, that, you know, if you just go back though, you know, they've allowed an, you know, an average of just under 17 points per game over its last seven. Uh, you know, so that's, that, that's really, really remarkable. Uh, you know, and I guess if you're expecting, you know, all defense in this, you know, divisional round game, and you're going to want to grab as, as many points as you can. So, you know, bet it now because I only think it's going to continue to go down. Um, you know, why, you know, and here's another thing you look at. We, we talked a little bit about injuries. Um, you know, the Bucks injuries, you know, they concern me here. You know, while their O-line guys got injured, you know, it was pretty much open season on Brady. Right. You know, if you got to turn Gronk and, and Cameron Brady into extra blockers, you know, that further reduces the options for Brady you know, and as far as who he's going to throw, throw to for wide receivers. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. I, I do think that the number also gets off of that three to two and a half everywhere. Yeah. I, um, I agree with you and I was alluding to it before, but you know, another one of my favorite bets is I always bet against the winner of the Monday night game. And I know this is the postseason; It's a little different, but we did have a Monday night game because again, it's the lasting, you know, it's a knee-jerk reaction, usually the line, and that's influenced by the public who that's the last team they saw one over the weekend. It's the national TV, so every the national televised game, so everyone was watching it. And then I was mentioning before, you know, not only are the Rams playing on a short week, but they got to fly all the way across country from LA to Tampa, where there's a three-hour difference, and play on an even shorter week. Um and you know that day of rest difference does make a it does make a huge difference in the postseason. Um, so my thing is, you know, Rams backers beware. That's that's a factor you don't want to just overlook. But you know, when analyzing these two teams, for me, yes, I'm going to be cliche and go. It's hard to bet against Tom Brady, but I just think that the Bucks are rolling. I think that they're far superior to the Rams. Um, I still don't think Stafford's 100%. 
we saw these two teams play, I think week three and Tampa lost by like 10 points, but there was a lot of factors in that game. Um, so for me, you know, this is one of the games, like you said, I, the spread going lower and lower, that's music to my ears. I'll probably wait till the day of or day before to see how low of a number I could get and take Tampa. Um, so that's my, that's one of my top plays this weekend. How about you? No, nah, yeah, I, I, I can't fault you at all with this. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I'm not, I just, I just can't do it. So the lower the number that gets, you know, the, the better it is, you know, in far as how much you need to risk to, you know, to win your unit. I don't think that, uh, enough is being said about just how much Tampa can do with, with any of the pieces that they have there. Uh, again, the, the total is already in effect, you know, of course, just from, you know, looking at how the Rams perform from a defensive standpoint, but the Rams were playing the Arizona Cardinals. And I, again, you know, to call back to the very beginning of the show, I just don't think that Arizona is deep at all. And they got exposed very, very heavily. Tampa Bay is another story. Uh, and the game is in Florida, uh, and they're you know they're they're lined up you know to perform exactly how we expected them to basically in, in week one. So, with that being said, um, I, I'm going to be leaning towards watching the Buccaneers advance here. Um, I, I could just <laughs> remember a couple of days ago hearing uh, Mark discussing uh, you know just what kind of quarterback Stafford is. Uh, and, and that may have been influenced in my decision here, but uh, we'll be together here on this one, Ali, Tampa Bay Buccaneers for me. Yeah. And, you know, I was telling my friends and yes, they have, I live in L.A., so I have a lot of friends that are Rams fans out here. Um, but, you know, it's one thing to go from like just compare these two teams, the Cardinals and the Bucks, in, you know, a six day turnaround. You go from Kyler Murray, who first playoff appearance totally looked like he didn't even belong in the starting position to Tom Brady that has more probably postseason starts than the whole Rams roster combined. <laughs> you, you know, you go from with the Cardinals not having Deandre Hopkins to AJ green and Christian Kirk as the top two targets to Rob Gronkowski and Mike Evans I mean, there's no comparison right there. And then the coaches, you have Cliff Kingsbury, you know, good young coach making his first playoff appearance. He definitely got out to coach and you have a Super Bowl. Then you have a Super Bowl winning coach in Bruce Arians. Like for me, I'm like, there's, there's just, you know, you're just playing. There's no comparison. And I think the Rams are going to be overmatched going in and I just, I, for me, I'm just shocked that there's more people siding with the Rams. But I think, again, I think that goes against Tom, the Tom Brady bias. And for me, you know, I'm just going to wait for that line to drop more and more and more. And I'm riding the Bucks. I, I, this is like, this is probably the one spread of the four games that when I looked at, I didn't think twice about. And I said, I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, no need to overanalyze this one any further. I, I think that with a defense getting stronger with returnees for Tampa Bay, Sure, you know, we've been discussing, you know, Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs for a bit. I think they'll both be there as well. Uh, and I, I think they'll just have everything in hand for, for the victory here. Uh, from a point spread perspective, yeah, I, I think that this one probably comes closer to two and a half. You should do, definitely wait in that case. 
uh, you know, for that number, because, you know, the worst you can do is still lay that three. Uh, but, you know, that's exactly uh, the, the lean that where I'm going to as well here with you, Allie. Good. We're great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I split my picks this week. I have two underdogs and I have two, uh, two favorites. So I'm going with the dogs in the AFC and the favorites in the NFC. So um, as we segue into that, let's just uh, touch on the futures a little bit. Um, what was the biggest shift you saw in like team value from last week to this week uh, for Super Bowl futures betting? Yeah, easily San Francisco. And again, that's really? probably just a bias towards where my sports book's located. Right. Uh, you know, but we've got uh, a really high liability on them versus others. I mean, we're really, you know, comfortable winners with the Chiefs, the Bucks, and the Packers. Um, you know, the Bills had, you know, early support, you know, so right now at, at four to one, uh, really not much value there. Uh, Rams, uh, you know, plus 750, but again, you know, just, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the odds on, you know, the game itself, we could see exactly why. The Buccaneers probably offer the most value at, at plus 625 for every dollar. Uh, and, and that probably is, you know, the one that's shining the most right now here as far as future book uh, odds are right now. And then looking at the Titans, the Titans are eight to one. And then uh, rounds out the end with the Cincinnati Bengals at 14 to one to win the Super Bowl here. So, uh, yeah, without a doubt, it was, you know, a, a ton on the Niners before the game with Dallas and uh, even more so afterwards. So it's been uh, shrinking pretty significantly over the last four weeks, where at one point, heck, holy cow, who did this? Oh, that's right. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> On January 11th, you could have gotten them at 40 to 1. Wow. Well, everything in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many bets I placed or didn't place? And then, in, and then it ends up being the, what I wanted to. And I'm like, well, if I bet that team, they wouldn't have won. So <laughs> that's how it goes. So yeah, for me though, like, you know, I'm not a big futures better. I just, I've gotten burnt so many times and I don't like waiting. I'd rather just cash my bet in right there. And then, but right now, if you wanted to entice me to take a futures bet, I'm actually taking the Bengals, maybe not to win the Super Bowl. But to but to advance to the Super Bowl for the AFC, because if I'm right and if they do upset the Titans, um, which is totally possible, given the Titans injury and just we don't trust Tannehill and this and that. If if the Bengals then go to either Buffalo and Kansas City and they're a cold weather team, too. So, again, you don't really factor in the uh, the weather, but if they get a Kansas City or a Buffalo team that falls flat, I mean, they could easily walk in and do some damage in that AFC championship game. Uh, that's correct. And actually I wouldn't mind one bit for anyone to come in and uh, grab a piece of the Bengals at seven to one, which is uh, currently the odds here uh, for them to win the AFC championship game, uh, easily the highest uh, of the last four teams remaining. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, from a value perspective, I would totally chance that. I, I, I think it's very much feasible. Um, you know, it, they're a good team. You can't really, you can't discount the Bengals. You can't discount once Burrow gets hot and he had a mediocre game against the Raiders. So, you know, he got his first playoff start under his belt. Um, 
again, we talked about it earlier. I trust him way more than I trust Ryan Tannehill. And we've seen teams too, you know, the best team doesn't always win. And if the Bills and the Chiefs just battle each other hard on Sunday night and they got to play, you know, next Sunday against a team like the Bengals that, again, the Bengals will have an extra day's rest because they play Saturday. I could totally see the Bengals just upsetting them and moving on. So that's where my personal opinion, if you want to make a futures bet, you side with the Bengals to get to uh, the, to get to the Super Bowl and win the AFC Championship game. You're so. definitely building yourself up with some some really nice equity. Um, yeah, I hope I can make some people money. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Those are the fun bets. You know, it's one thing to side with the public and say, "Yeah, Chiefs are probably going to get back to the Super Bowl." Or it's going to be either the Packers or the Bucks. It's like, okay, that's what everyone's saying. But when you really find value in a team like the Bengals and you can make a good case for them, it's like, take a shot. You know, what do you have to lose besides money? <laughs> <laughs> Always comes back to it. I will ever, never, ever, ever um, fault you for taking a price. You know, I, I, I can't, can't ever do it. Thanks. Yeah, I know. Well, we have a few minutes left uh, before we wrap up. Um, and I wanted to bring up to you because we can't, we didn't talk about the last two episodes. Um, but let's talk about some of the NFL awards. And um, at least let's focus on the MVP this year. I put actually out a, a poll on our uh, social media channels who they thought would win the NFL MVP between, you know, the favorite Aaron Rodgers. You got Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. And I think Jonathan Taylor rounds out the top four. And I personally was surprised the majority sided with Brady. And then the next winner was Burrow. And I'm like, Rogers is a minus 400 last I saw, and he's not getting any love. What's your opinion on that? That's, I think that's people need to take several steps back here. You know, the voters, obviously, you know, they're going to decide who's going to win this. You know, and as long as they can forget what happens off the field, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he's going to win another MVP award. You know, he's just simply done everything he needs to do to, you know, put this team to where they are today, um, you know, more so than any other player. You know, so for me, this is an, an easy, you know, really no need to dig any deeper here. If I had a vote, it's absolutely getting carved in stone with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't even think it's close. Like, I know, like I said, I think the latest line I saw was Rodgers was a favorite, like minus 400. But I'm like, are people really like using too much of their bias? If anything, we saw what type of team Green Bay is without Rodgers when he had a sit for the one weekend with COVID. And Jordan Love did not even look like an NFL quarterback in that game against the Chiefs. So for me, Rodgers makes all the difference in that, in that team. I mean, I don't think, I think even with the Bucks, if you take away Tom Brady and put in a serviceable quarterback, they are still a far better squad with a serviceable quarterback with Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski than the Packers are with Jordan Love or anyone else. So um, I'm completely agreeing with you there. Yeah. So before we wrap up, um, Thank you again for joining, and I'm really excited about the games this week. I hope both Robert and I gave you good insight, whether you choose to side with me on our disagreements or Robert. 
Um, good luck to everyone betting. But uh, before we go, um, any bold predictions, Robert, for this weekend that uh, we haven't talked about? <laughs> you know, we, we haven't actually talked about much else other than football, but boy, oh boy, is there a, a, a really great fight card coming up. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. UFC 240s this weekend. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, these main events are actually going to be really amazing. But the one that I can't wait to see is uh, Cyril Ghosn and Francis Ngannou for mm-hmm. the heavyweight title in Anaheim. Uh, they were actually like really, really good friends. And there's so much, you know, drama that it's real life drama. They were like teammates. The coach left Ngannou to go into the other camp. So I, I really can't wait to see this, um, you know, just or from an early betting perspective, uh, we're going to need the favorite. And um, I actually like that because, uh, you know, with the way the, the bets are going to be, you know, piling up right now, leading into Saturday night, uh, it's, it's just going to be a really, really great fight. Um, and I'm really excited to watch this one go down. Yeah, no, I'm right with you on that one. And yeah, it's too bad it is getting uh, getting overlooked because we do have the NFL games. But I'm a huge <laughs> UFC fight. I was actually, um, I remember I was at the Honda Center a few years back when uh, Daniel Cormier uh, fought against uh, John Bones Jones um, in their rematch. And the Honda Center is a great arena and, you know, I wish I was going to that fight too, but uh, I'll be on my couch watching the games. So uh, if you're watching UFC or if you're watching uh, NFL or both this weekend, you know, good luck to everyone sports betting and uh, we'll see you guys next week. And we'll be previewing the AFC and the NFC championship game along with our picks again for who we think will make it all the way to the Super Bowl. And uh, since there are only two games, we'll probably sprinkle in some other uh, sports. We'll see. We'll talk about NBA. We can talk about some uh, March Madness coming up. Um, You know, once February hits, that's usually where you get all the good games. So I'm always excited for March Madness. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for joining. And we will see you next week. Take care. Thanks so much.